So I want to continue with this theme of non-doing as a orientation to practice. I feel like it's a really important aspect of practice and a quality to be developed in our busy doing lives and our busy doing practices. Anybody busy when they're meditating? Anybody trying to get somewhere? Anybody trying to make something happen? Anybody trying to date to stick around? Cartoon where there's a person meditating and there's as often bubbles just like we have, you know, thoughts. And this person saying, come on, peace of mind. I don't have a freaking day. Is that peace of mind? Is that it? Come on, hurry up. <laughs> How often do we want to get peaceful? You know, or get something, you know. We're putting in our time, right? On the cushion, you know, however many, however long that is. Right? We live in a transactional culture. We expect something in return for our efforts, including bring that to meditation. We wish to uh, achieve or attain something or grow in some way or put a drop in the bucket of our practice or notch on the wall, you know, our New Year's resolution, something. How often do we sit just for the sake of sitting without any expectation or grasping side outcome? without an agenda out a plan out some subtle leaning into or leaning away from experience I was with a friend today and she was speaking about how and this is I think a very common experience I, that that we're just trying to get to just what's beyond this experience, just what's behind this, just what's in, in you know. Just do this work, then I'll get beyond into this next thing, this whatever it is, this resolution, this peace, this quiet, this understanding, this something. So it's just just beyond, just beyond my grasp. If I just do something. Then I'll get there and I'll rest. I often share this reading from Lao Tzu. So the Tao Te Ching is often pointing to this paradox of practice of doing and non-doing, of being and non-being, but particularly doing and non-doing, effortless effort. 
which is a koan for us. How do we make effortless effort? How do we let life practice happen by itself? How do we take the doership, the ego doership out of the action? Which doesn't mean to be a doormat. We're responsive, but without the, the edge to it. So in this, in this piece from Lao Tzu, he says, Always we hope somebody else has the answer, some other place will be better, and it will all turn out. Where else has the answer? We're looking ceaselessly outside of ourselves. But he has the answer. You, Henry, says you have the answer. No place better than this, and it's already turned out. It's already turned out. Experience than this, like this. All that we seek outside of ourselves, the further we get from the truth. Do is to be. This practice of non-doing, which is very much an emphasis in Zen practice, some of Zen practice. Dogen's teaching great Zen master. really a challenge to our cultural paradigm of doing and being busy and getting ahead and self-help and progress and growth and GDP. GDP be if we all practice non-doing and non... doesn't mean not to do, but it's an inequality of non-doing. Meditation practice is a way of cultivating that quality through the doorway of simply allowing what is to be. Which is easier than it, harder than it sounds. How many of you found that meditation easy to simply question what, what you know we're all busy on the treadmill of life and we we come to spirit rock or in a meditation to you know get off that treadmill right 
That's what we're wanting in a certain way. It's rest, non-doing, just relax, just let go. Actually get to that place and it's like, oh, it's not that easy. I'm always doing something with my experience. I'm always doing something with my mind. I'm always doing something trying to improve it or get rid of it or make it better or make it more interesting. Leaning forward into into experience or leaning away from. Hard for us to let experience be as it is. And so I'm sitting under this vent. Right? So when we started sitting, the AC was on. So I was freezing, as some of you who are sitting in the I could see that inclination of the mind to want to fix it, to want to do something about it, to want to blame somebody. <laughs> I get angry with somebody because it was unpleasant. I didn't want to be cold. I didn't want us to be burning up electricity to have air conditioning on when it's not hot. I had some views about that. <laughs> so that there it is, that just that very simple, ordinary human conundrum. We have an experience that we don't want, don't like, didn't invite. Doing in the middle of that experience. It doesn't mean to ignore it. It doesn't mean to be Pollyannish and say it's all one, it's all good, it's all is what it is. Because the, the more that we try to manipulate and change and fabricate, the more we leave ourselves, the more we leave this moment. As if somehow reality or happiness lies somewhere other than right here in the midst of our experience. This teaching that uh, I studied with an Indian teacher, Advaita teacher called Punjaji, and one of his sayings that he would say frequently was, "This is it. This is it. What are you? You know, you're coming here. You're flying from the west. You, you know, he was in luck living in Lucknow, Northern India. You, you know, looking for something. This is it. Like, where do you think it is other than here?" Where do you think it is? And you go home and you think you've lost it and you come back to try and find it. What is it you're trying to find that's already here? This is it. Wake up to the fact that it's right here, closer than your own breath. Kabir would say. I would have two responses to that teaching. One is... Really, this is it? (laughs) 
God. <laughs> like now as a, you know, northern Indian industrial, but some, and it was very polluted, bad, bad traffic, blue haze. We'd drive to satsang in the morning, and it was literally blue haze with smog and This is it? Really? This is it? <laughs> Bugs and uh, this is it? Really? It was perplexing. What do you mean this is it? And other times I could see from a different lens and I would get what he was talking about. It's like, wow, this is it. It isn't anywhere else. How could it be anywhere else? Nirvana and samsara are right here. One, not different, not separate. And it's like, wow, this is it. Sitting in traffic with blue haze and like, wow, this is it too. This too, this is it. Nowhere else to go. Radical teaching, tantric teaching. Very. Upending teaching. So, right now, as you're sitting, listening, Breathing. Notice your relationship to that experience, to this. When we're not, when we're, uh, when we move from this place of non-doing, we quickly move into contention with experience. Distance or subtle grasping, subtle wanting, subtle hoping. In that place of non-doing, it's very relaxed. They allow and meet what is, whatever it is, is a quality of relaxation, a quality of settling into this experience. I drove up from San Jose to give this talk tonight. You know, this is a few hours in traffic. And... Um, I'm not in contention with that experience. It's a pretty relaxing drive. It takes a few hours. Not a big deal. It's just sitting. Sitting in this chair, sitting in my car chair. It's all the same. Sitting all day, sitting, listening to lectures. In a state that's important. Not the outer display. Or, I mean, of course, we have our preferences. Rather be sitting in nature somewhere, far more interesting in a way, but not necessarily. From the perspective of presence, it's just 
So to be curious in your experience, in your meditation, how much do you interfere with yourself? How much do you interfere with experience? How much do you meddle? How much do you arrange the furniture on the Titanic or in the prison cell? How much do you think by doing something, changing something, improving something that it will be better? meet what is with an unconditional acceptance. Backache, your tiredness, your conflict. Stress about I was listening to this lecture today. It was a pretty profound lecture. And I was really tired. Really trying, I was really wanting, and I was trying not to be tired so I could listen more clearly. <laughs> I was trying to change my tiredness rather than settle into the fact that I was tired listening. <laughs> So much of our doing, so much of our effort on top of experience is really uh, both unnecessary and also not so helpful. Mm-hmm. My wanting to not be tired and my trying not to be tired did not make me less tired. <laughs> when I relaxed, I had more energy. When I just settled into the experience, I had more energy. Mind wasn't making a problem out of it. Sylvia Borstein talks about, or used to anyway, the, the third noble truth as a non-contentious relationship to experience. A Which in a way is its, a for, a, its own radical form of non-doing. It doesn't mean to say we don't act. It doesn't mean to say we don't respond to life and circumstances. But we're not fighting with the reality of what is. So when we're in contention, when we're trying to fix and fiddle and change and manipulate, we create separation. We move from non-separation to separation, from non-duality to duality. We get into me and other, and experience becomes problematic. We separate ourselves out from experience. We get into fixing, rolling. Anybody controlling here? Anybody? Like to control what happens, right? Like everybody. You say some people are more controlling than others, but we're all controlling, right? And unless you're awake, there's some controlling of your experience. So when we're not manipulating, fabricating, experience, particularly meditation. 
we can actually have a deeper understanding of non-duality, non-separation. A very non-contention allows for an intimation into that um, indivisibility of experience because there's no there's no rub there's just what is there's a harmony or integration with what is there's no one trying to change or improve experience there's just there just is it's just what is happening, or boredom, or sleepiness. Dual relationship to that experience. Reading out. Isness to experience this. It's just what it is. And it takes the problem out of experience. I think there should be no traffic from San Jose to San Rafael, then I got a problem. Because there is. <laughs> oh, not always, mostly. So. From the place of ego, from the place of our mind, there's a lot of stuff to do. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of improvement to happen. There's a lot of fixing, getting rid of things we don't like, cultivating, grabbing, holding on to things that we like, rejecting what's unwanted, unpleasant. A lot of busyness in that in that ego mind reactivity. And that's how we live our lives. And you turn on TV, and that's had certainly what's happening in the media. You listen to the, the what's happening politically. Ego mind at work. In that place, we have preference, and we have attachment to our preference. We have a demand about what we think should happen. I should be concentrated. I should be calm. Relaxed. I should be loving. Or whatever the story is. Luck. Go. <laughs> Active awareness. Doesn't matter what happens. Just simply being known, unfolding. By nature, somewhat interesting. Seeing this life form, sounds, display, phenomena coming and going. It's fascinating from the perspective of awareness. So, 
So these teachings ask us to pay attention to the way that we uh, are in contention with our experience, with each other. Separation, how we create other, how we create problem, how we create suffering. Jack tells this story, this came to me, of when he first meets Ajahn Sumedho meditating up in the hills of northern Thailand. Speaking monk goes to visit him. Kuti, kuti, little cabin, little hut. And uh, there's hordes of bees all over him. And curious, like, what's up with the bees? <laughs> Looks a little precarious, if not dangerous. And turns out there's a bee's nest up in the up in the rafters of the of the hut. And I'm, I think Achen Sumedho tried to you know fend them off and get rid of them, and at some point just figured out, well, we're all living in this hut together, so let them do what they want to do. And if they want to crawl over, then crawl all over. Life. Bees need to leave. We've got a problem if we have a bee's nest in our our hut. And I'm not talking about inaction, but I'm talking about the inner orientation to experience. Where's the grip? Where's the contraction? Where's the reactivity in response to experience? Be on you. You might swipe it off. What's the the grip inside in relationship to that fear, hatred, preference. So in meditation, meditation is a, is a, is a lab, it's a metaphor for our lives. Right? It's a place that we get to shine a light on our inner experience because our inner experience is a, gets played out in our lives in the same way. So in our meditation practice, which is the lab, we get to play with certain orientations. So you may play with this orientation, a practice of non-doing. It's not the all and end all. There's many ways to practice, and they each have their place and pros and cons. But there's something very valuable to be learned in this practice of non-doing. I remember studying it about 25 years ago and um, I didn't quite know what I was based out. <laughs> but over time, you know, I've been meditating a long time so I have more of a sense of what that means to 
soften into the belly of experience, soften into what welcome. Curious. And curiosity allows an aliveness in the attention, lives a, a flourishing of the experience. Question What is this? What is this moment of sound? Light or form? Quality of tingling or vibration. What is this? And in that, from that perspective, awareness, there's nothing to do about it. There's just simply to be present for it, with it, alongside it. Oh, yes. Oh. How experience unfolds, as they say in the Tibetan tradition, self-liberates, arises, stays around for a while, and frees itself, or is, passes into cessation, frees itself. All the doers in the group or online, wherever you are, listening. Like to play with non-doing. To just settle into the being of experience. And just feel that, ah, that profound rest that can come. Do anything here. I don't have to be anybody. I don't have to get anywhere. I don't have to go anywhere else to go but here. I don't have to make this deeper. I don't have to make this more interesting. Bell goes or your alarm goes and then, then this. Radical simplicity to these teachings, a radical simplicity to freedom. Just be fully with what is. I like to call it, I like the phrase, unfabricated mindfulness. There's fabricated mindfulness where we practice being present, paying attention, noticing, focusing. Fabricated mindfulness. It's effortful mindfulness. Unfabricated mindfulness happens by itself. Present. Awareness has established itself. No need to try to be present. We're already present. Just simply. Like in nature, 
which I know many of you do probably, hopefully. Try to be mindful of the trees. You just notice the trees. It's raining, you notice the rain. You notice the smells of the forest. It's effortless awareness. And pay attention to how you step out of that experience of non-doing, of being, of non-fabricated mindfulness, and get into some thing, some rejecting, improving, changing, striving, hating, judging, comparing, fixing and But that is a tightness, as a contractedness, as an effortfulness, as a as a oppositional quality. There's a there's a me wanting something to happen in the way that I want it and like it and prefer it and think it should be. Oh, look at that! That's a whole lot of suffering right there. Do anything about that? We just see. Oh, look at that grip, tightness, contraction, fear. Reject experience. Reject ourselves. I think what I notice in, over the years as I practice and all the many times I don't practice, yet something endures. And what I notice in the mature practice is that it has, there's, a, there's an unstoppability to it that it happens by itself. You know, if you practice enough cultivating, meditating, focusing, concentrating, etc., at some point, it happens by itself. You don't need to make a lot of effort. If you've practiced and cultivated curiosity about yourself and experience and life and reality, at some point, that happens by itself. You don't need to make a lot of effort to be curious. You're curious. Because why wouldn't you be? Because life is fascinating. And if you want to be free of suffering, you better be curious, because if you're not curious, you won't understand why you're suffering and how to be free. Curiosity, that wakeful curiosity is, is, the, is the through line for waking up, for genuine well-being. When we get that 
true happiness is not about fixing the furniture in our life and our house and ourselves and our relationships. It actually comes from a, from a genuine wellspring within that, that generally has a non-contentious relationship to life and experience. Settling happens. Relaxing. Matter so much what's happening. Sitting in a bus stop and be quite content. Wake at three in the morning with insomnia and go, oh, well, guess I'm supposed to look at the ceiling again. So for many of you, part of this, this, this instruction I'm giving is about trusting your practice and trusting the, 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 the movement of it that it's, that, it, that it's, you know, part of it is happening by itself. And sometimes we, we, our, our foot is on the gas pedal or the cat is hanging out over the mouse hole unnecessarily. The cat can relax outside the mouse hole. Because it knows it's responsive enough to catch the mouse. It doesn't have to be pouncing. Hmm? It's a terrible metaphor, but anyhow. pointing to this sense of, of being, right? human being, the being of your nature, your Buddha nature, that's already self-existent in a certain way. Mindful, you know, we, the culture that we live in, both the American culture, consumer culture, capitalist culture, Self-help culture, psychological growth culture, Buddhist culture. Oriented around this incessant movement, cultivation, growth, get fit, get better, improve, New Year's resolution. No, 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 that's bad. But it implants this certain restlessness and dis-ease with just dropping and being here with what is. Prior to any action, prior to any doing, prior to any practice. Available, accessible, reachable, right here. So I invite you to look at this, look into this yourself you know, this week, tonight, go home. Just 
Notice the way that there's a, the, the leaning forward, a, a, a grasping after, a rejection of, pushing away, rather than just a settling into this. Hurry up and actually just play a few more minutes of the hung, just because... I could take questions, but I, I'd rather just have you settle settle into what's been said and um, just a few minutes of inspires you to play, if that's okay. Yeah, and just to feel and just to allow the the listening to be this beautiful doorway into this effortless knowing, effortless being, sweetness of that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.